Well, hello again. So glad you joined us today. We've got a message being brought to us by our pastor, Herbert Mays, entitled, What's Happening? It's a great message about listening to the Holy Spirit and following His guidance. I know it's going to bless you. It blessed us on Sunday. We had a great service. If you weren't here, we missed you. want you to come back. want to see your face here Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Lots of things happening and uh, going on in the church. Love for you to be a part of it. And uh, anyway, I know you're going to love the message, so sit back, relax, enjoy it. I hope it gives you encouragement to last through the week, and uh, hopefully we'll see you Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock for our main service. And if you, you want to brave on out, come join us at 10 o'clock for our Sunday school. Brother Jerry Willoughby is teaching that, and he does a fantastic job with that too. So anyway, remember, as Pastor always says, God loves you, we love you, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. If you can, bless God. You know, they had fun at the beer joint last night. You might as well have it in church, right? First of all, we, is this thing on? And what's good about it, we won't have no hangover. But um, I got this message going down the road the other day. And I don't know why over the years I've kind of had this, you know, you go up to somebody and you say, what's happening? Well, what's happening? I can tell you what's happening is the Holy Ghost is what's happening, you know. And so um, i tell you a little funny story about the Holy Spirit. I, and that's kind of what I was going to minister on this morning anyway. But, uh, you know, I've told you I've tried to. Listen to the voice of God. I've, over the years, I just try to, that little unction, you know, get, you know. And so, I was riding down the road the other day, out in the country, and wasn't a soul around on an old back road out here. And there was, you know, on the roads, there's trash everywhere, you know, on the, people throw on the sides of roads and everything. And I can tell you, I've never, to my knowledge, I might have was a kid maybe, but to my knowledge, I've never thrown anything out of a car. I just would never do that. Now, I have probably thrown food, you know, maybe I would have something I'd throw to the birds, but I don't throw trash. But I, I was riding down the road, and I had a uh, plastic bottle I was drinking out of, of uh, some lemonade, and I got through with the, the bottle, and I set it in my truck, and um, I don't know why this came to me. And so I'm riding down the road. Nobody's around. And Henry asked me. Henry is the Holy Ghost. He rides in my truck, Henry. That's what I call him, Henry. And so I'm, I'm, I'm riding around, and Henry says, you ain't thinking about throwing that out that window, are you? I said, no, I would never think about that. But, you know, Henry will help you if you listen to him. And so we're going to talk about listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, there's we shouldn't be concerned about what's happened. We ought not be concerned about what's going to happen. What we need to be concerned about is what's happening right now. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Turn to Bibles in Luke, the fifth chapter. And we see an interesting story um, about Jesus in the house. And so the Bible says, um, 
I know we got a lot out sick today. I'm still working on a healing. So we're going to pray that everybody gets back next week. Bless God. <clears throat> the Bible says in verse 17, Now it happened, it, it, when Jesus is in the house, there will be something happening. You can bank on that. As it happened on a certain day, he was teaching, and there was Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, and those who uh, came out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present in the house to heal them. Then behold, men brought a man on a bed who was paralyzed, who they was trying to get into the house. And when they could not get him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and led him down through the tiling of the mist into Jesus. And what did Jesus say? When he saw their faith, he said to him, your sins are forgiven. Then the religious folks started coming to, after Jesus. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. He speaks blasphemy and who can forgive sins but God. They've got Jesus in the house that happens to be in the house. And they don't even recognize uh, uh, what Jesus has done. He said, men, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they started reasoning. And Jesus perceived this. And he said, why are you reasoning in your heart, which is easier to say? So we asked him that question. He said, I'm going to ask you a question. What's easier to say? Man, your sins are forgiven, or man, get up and walk. Well, they would say, I guess you just say the man's sins are forgiven. That would be easier. But he says, I'm going to show you something. But that you may know, verse 24, that the Son of Man has power on the earth for, to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took what he had been lying on, and departed, and then went into their, his own house. Jesus comes to the house where they got all of these religious folks that's questioning him and doing all of this stuff. So he's going to do a miracle in the house. Then he tells the man, now he said, he didn't, do you understand? He didn't even touch the guy. He just spoke the word. Do you understand that you can be healed, you can set, be set free by just the Word being spoken, if you'll believe the Word? Jesus speaks to the man. He says, now I want you to take your bed, get up and walk. <clears throat> wonder why Jesus just didn't say, get up and walk. No, He said, I want you to take your bed. I'm going to make a point here. I want you to take your bed, and I want you to take your bed that you've been lying on and take it back to your house. Well, why do you want to do that for? I want you to look at that bed every morning when you get up, and I want you to look at that bed, and you say, the, the Jesus Christ of Nazareth healed me on that bed, and I'm not in that bed no more. And that is a focal point of, of, of my life now that he set me free. But what has happened here in our churches of America, number one, I'm going to say that in the church today, as we, as we speak today, 
that 75% of the churches in America, the word Holy Ghost will not be mentioned in the church today. I talked to a preacher a couple of weeks ago, and he told me he travels around. He said he went to this church and said the pastor told him before he got up to preach. He said, whatever you do, do not mention the Holy Ghost or the blood of Jesus. That's when I would have folded my Bible and I would have walked out of that church. I don't care what kind of offering I would have got. I would have left the church because when they deny the blood and they deny the Holy Ghost, Ichabod has been written on the church because God has departed. But we have this today in our churches. I like to put it this way. There's three types of people in the church. There's those who don't want to be around nothing happening. There's those who are spectators. They want to watch it happen. But then there are those who are participators that want to be involved in what's happening. God is looking in these last days for participators, not spectators. He's looking for somebody that will get involved and believe God for the supernatural. I'm not waiting on a move of God. I am the move of God. And when you get this in your mind, we say, well, now I think we'll go over here and we'll go over there and we're traveling all of these places. The move of God is right here. The move of God is in you. You don't need to go look for something. If you want to move a God, my God, look in the mirror and say that what's in me is greater than he that's in the world. The move of God is in me, bless God. The tendency of fire is for it to go out. Watch the fire in the altar of your heart. If you've ever had a fireplace, now I'm talking about a wood fireplace, if you do not stir it up occasionally, the fire will go out. It's the same thing with you spiritually. If you don't stir it, your fire is going to go out. Well, how did I stir it? I get into where the Holy Ghost is moving, bless God. I want to get somewhere where somebody is talking about a move of God and believe that the Holy Ghost is still alive and welcome today. I was praying the other day. I told Mike this. I was praying in my office up at the house the other day. And this came to me. Because most preachers are concerned about their own church. Rightfully so. They're concerned about their church. Lord spoke to me. Henry spoke to this to me. He said, Herbie, I don't want you to pray for your church no more. I said, say what? He said, I don't want you to pray for your church no more. He said, I want you to start praying for all the other churches. He said, when you start praying for all the other churches, he said, I'm going to start filling your church up. Oh, somebody help me this morning. See, so many times we're concerned about our own thing instead of praying for someone else. God wants us looking out and praying for someone else. Oh, it's okay to pray for our church and we're believing this or whatever. But when we start reaching out and praying for the other people, God will bring the people that's supposed to be here, here. 
And I don't want other people's members. Because if they're a problem over there, they're going to be a problem here. I'm going to tell you what I'd like to have. Uh, uh, like when we started this church 23 years ago up here on the, on, on the, uh, on the little uh, corner up there where we had all these people come. Come here, Josh. Come down here, boy. I'm just, can you give me all mind if I take a little bypass here? Josh, I'll pray for your hearing later. Come here, boy. Now, 20, we've been together 23 years, ain't we? I like putting you on the spot. This boy right here um, wallered into our little storefront ministry 23 years ago up here on Portland. Beaten down, beaten up. And um, what did I do, brother? I loved you, right? When nobody else in this town loved you, mm-hmm. I loved you. And, and I'm going to tell you this. They had earrings, tattoos. They had chains hanging off of them. But you know what happened? I didn't look at the tattoos. Jesus don't look at the tattoos. Jesus don't look at the chains hanging off of them. Jesus looks at their heart. And this boy come into our church and got saved, and he was an usher. And I don't know, we were done in this building here, and one morning, remember Josh, we, we uh, had our usher jackets hanging on a little thing in the office. We'd come, everybody had a jacket the same color. And I was having a pity party that Sunday morning. I was in my office, I was mad, upset, and uh, I said, man... <laughs> I'm ready to throw in the hat. Josh comes in the office that Sunday morning to get his coat. I'm sitting at my desk. He picks up his coat. You probably don't remember that. He picks up his coat. He said, Brother Herb, can I tell you something? He said, if you hadn't have come to Portland when you did, I'd be dead today. Well, needless to say that the pity party was over after that deal. Now, fast forward many years later. I want you to tell them because you were sitting in the uh, balcony. You had your back problem, right? Okay, I want you to tell them what happened. because You need to hear this. Well, I... Um Brother Herb was just preaching one day, and all of a sudden he stopped, and he said, my back's hurting. Somebody here has got some back issues, and I've been having serious back problems where I'd have to have help getting out of bed and stuff like this. It would just hurt constantly. And So I come up here to get prayed for. I don't even remember what you said, but you, I remember you grabbed my, my ankles, and you said just a simple little couple-word prayer, and it felt like um, little bouncy balls of, of electricity that traveled up my legs and touched my back, and it's, it's healed, and I've never had any issues. <laughs> When I want you, I, I, isn't that a good testimony? Many, I don't, how long, many years that been? Uh, it's 
I don't know, 18, somewhere in there. 18 years ago. Let me tell you something, bro. I'm talking about in an instance, his back problem, and he's a worker. He does tile and all this other kind of stuff. He has to bend over and lift and do all this kind of stuff. And you can't do your job, and Jesus takes care of it. You can't tell me there ain't a Holy Ghost. Thank you for your great message. But you know what I want to see? I want to see them coming off the street just like he did 23 years ago. I want to see the down and out, the one that nobody loves, the one that nobody cares anything about, the ones who nobody thinks can ever do anything. That's the one that God is going to use in this last day. He's not going to use these fried up, dried up, pruned phrase Christians that's sitting in the pews of America that's never going to do nothing, don't want to do nothing, and all they want to do is criticize somebody else for doing something. Well, I, 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 I was going to be real easy today and go... William Booth, anybody ever heard of him? He founded the Salvation Army, William Booth. He made this statement in 1912. He died in 1912. But he made this statement. I consider the chief dangers which confront the coming century, that's us, will be rebellion without the Holy Ghost. Christianity without Christ. Forgiveness without repentance. Salvation without regeneration. Oh, God. Politics without God. This is a man in 1912 wrote this down and heaven without hell. What's he talking about is he said they're, they're, they're preaching about a heaven and there's no consequences of going to hell. What we have today, and I told a pastor that the other day we were talking, and I said what we have today is we have a counterfeit church. He said, oh my God, I never heard that. What we have in our churches of America is a counterfeit religion because they've taken the Holy Ghost out of the church. We don't want to talk about that anymore. The church has come to this point. They got big screens, smoke machines, and preachers in tight blue jeans. Let me tell you something. When a man of God will not get behind the sacred desk and look like that he he's somebody or that God has sent him to that place, he is impersonating a preacher. You should come into the church of America and it should not be any any reason that you would think who the preacher is. But we got our preachers in America dressing like the world. 
And instead of getting the, 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 the world, uh, 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 getting the church and going out into the world, the world has come into the church. And we compromise our religion or, or what we have. I had a friend of mine that was my um, insurance salesman. And he was on a board of, board of directors of a, of a large church in Nashville. Spirit-filled Rama Church. And this has been now about, I don't know, about 15 years ago. And this guy came up, was in my office one day. And the pastor of the church had gone to California to, to a place called Saddleback Church. Rick Warren, who had written Purpose Driven Life. What it is is a compromised gospel. This pastor went out there, and so he came back to Nashville, Tennessee. I've been in the church many times. He came back to Nashville, Tennessee, and to implement what they had in California. Anybody knows this. There ain't nothing in California. Now, Rick, except you. There ain't nothing that's ever come out of California that is going to mingle with us, bless God. It is like oil and water. Them people out there are totally lost it. But he goes out there and he said, now, here's what we're going to do. He came back and he said, now, we're going to get rid of our praise and worship team. So what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to hire a, a guy and we're going to do orchestra music. You know, this guy, this, this deal here. We're going to do away with the praise and worship, and we're going to do orchestra music. So that's what they did. Harold is in my office after they've done all this, and he said, now, Brother Herb, he said, uh, let me tell you what's happening out at our church. This exact words. We just about got rid of all of the Holy Ghost people. What is that? Five years later, the church is totally bankrupt. They sold the property to some kind of industrial type thing. The church is out of business. When the Holy Ghost gets out of the church, God gets out of the church. But that's what, that, that's what they want. They're looking for all of this, uh, uh, grandiose things and, uh, you know, we don't have a smoke machine here. Any of y'all smoke? So, well, we got a few smoke machines. I didn't know that. But anyway, I'm just I'm just joking with you. I don't care if you smoke seven pack a day. But we've turned over our churches to an entertainment instead of receiving things from God. I had a um, I'm not going to call the name, but I had a great friend of mine who's gone to heaven now, and he come by our church here few years before he died and he said herb he said now this is this was a happening church 
he said, they told me that they don't want me down at the church. This is his church. He's turned it over to someone. And he said, they told me they don't want no Holy Ghost at our church anymore. They said, if I wanted any Holy Ghost, I could call, I call the name and you would know the name. And he said, they said they don't want the Holy Ghost anymore. So they said, if I wanted the Holy Ghost, I need to go up to another place. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning that I want you to receive everything that God's got, and I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That is the message today. Now, we turn over to Revelations. I'm going to finish there. In Revelations 3, and Paul is writing to the seven churches. This is on the Isle of Patmos. I mean, I'm sorry, not Paul, John. John the Revelator. He gets a vision from, from heaven on the seven churches. And I'm going to pick up this one here on the Laodicean church. And if you'll notice, if, if you'll study that on the seven churches, he always had, he had something to say to the church, seven churches that they weren't doing what was right. So he comes back over to the Laodicean church, and that's the church today. We're in that age right now. And he said, these things says the amen, the faithful, and the true witness, the beginning and the creation of God. He said, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot one way or another. I'm hoping you're one or the other. So then, because you're lukewarm, you're neither cold nor hot. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. He told the church uh, uh, at, at, at the Laodicean church, he said, look, I'd rather be one way or the other. Don't be in between. Either get in, get in or get out. That's what God said. He said, I, I'm telling you, that if, 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 if you'll get in, I'm going to do something for you. Or not get out and leave everybody else alone. He said, because you say I'm rich and become wealthy and have no need of nothing and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich with white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and that you anoint your eyes with eyesight that you may see. Then look what he says in verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. He's saying here then, this is, this is all you gotta do is, is repent. And he said, I don't preach these messages if I did not love you. I would not preach a message and tell you a message that I did not love you. So God is telling the church, the Laodicean church, He said, I want you to get on fire or either just get out. I believe in America. I believe this is coming. And I believe it's coming this year in 2020. I believe we're going to see a supernatural move of God in this country. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you where it's going to start. It's going to start in Washington, D.C. It's not going to be in California. not going to be in New York City. not going to be in Washington, uh, out in the state of Washington. God is fixing to do something 
to all of that bunch of crooks in Washington, D.C., and you're going to see people come out of Washington, D.C. that you've never thought of that is going to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And you know who God's going to use. Whether you agree with politics or not, I, I could care less if you believe in politics or not. But if you don't believe there's a God in heaven, there is no way under this sun that Donald Trump should be President of the United States. I'm talking about by, by, just by, by looking at him. He wasn't a politician. He had never run for nothing. He, all he d- d- does was tell it like it is, guy. And God has used him, got him saved in the White House, bless God. And here's something that you don't see. They have prayer meetings. Paula White has prayer meetings in the White House every morning of the world. Do you know what? The fake media don't tell you this. But I'm telling you, there's a stirring going on, and it's going to start in Washington, D.C. I thank God that it's finally going to filter to Portland, Tennessee. But we're going to see God do something in these last days. And I'm looking for the day when there not be a sick person, a depressed person, a a demon-possessed person that will ever walk into a church, not just our church, any church, bless God, that they can't walk in and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and feel convicted and get set free, bless God, of whatever it is that's binding them down. I'm telling you, this world is in a hell of a fix, and it's going to take God to solve the problem. Only God will be able to do it. But what we ought to be is we ought to be His helpers to encourage uh, 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 people to come. And encourage somebody. Say, you know, let me tell you something. These people are miserable. I've told you this before. If you want to see the state of the world, believe me, if you want to see the state of, uh, of how everything is, at 5 o'clock on Friday... Go to Cash Savers Market up here and sit in the parking lot. I'm telling you, you'll see more depressed people than you can put, put, shake a stick at. Now, I've been there before. I've been there myself. I know none of y'all have, but I've been there where on Friday I get paid on Friday and I don't have enough money to get to Monday. Now, I know I'm the only one that's ever been there, but but uh, I, I've been there. And I've been there. I thank God. I was telling Becky the other day, we were talking about her mother and father being gone a long time, and I was thinking about if they could be here today and see the things that we have today. I thank God when I was young and dumb, Becky and I was young and dumb, we got married 21 years old. We've been married 53 years. So I ain't got no, I'm not planning on going nowhere. But, what'd you say? (laughs) But I've been where... uh, 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 be on Friday, and it always happened. You know, we were young. We'd have somebody come over to grill out. 
get Herbie Burgers, you know, I do Herbie Burgers on a Friday afternoon, and we'd have somebody, friends of ours, come to house. Invariably, this happened. We had the old, uh, we had the old rotary dial-up phone. Y'all don't remember that, but that's what we had. And we had the old, and you know what would happen invariably on Friday? We'd be getting ready to eat, the phone rang. Be a bill collector. They always done it on Friday when I had people at the house. Well, you know I had to lie. Because I would lie. They say, you know, uh, Herbert Mays. Well, he's not here. Well, when will he be back? Well, this, I would say all kinds of things. This is his brother. I don't know. He's gone to Mexico or I have all kinds of things, you know. These people trying to get money from me, you know, and lie. So now I thank God. Well, I don't have that problem. Thank God now. But anyway, but now I got caller ID. I just look on there and I say, well, I'm not going to answer that one. If they don't want to leave me a message, that's okay, but I ain't answered it, you know. Don't ever turn your caller ID off for the Holy Ghost. Because Henry will talk to you. And he will tell you the right way to go. Let's stand. Now, if you got nothing out of this message today, you found out that the Holy Ghost name's Henry.